Welcome to the Good Question with Jessica Tanderup podcast. I'm Jessica, and I have a passion for asking hard questions and going deep in conversation. Usually, these discussions happen over dinner or coffee with a close friend. But on this podcast, I bring them to you because I want you to know if you have questions, you're not alone. On this show, I invite apostolic leaders, thinkers, and fellow believers to tackle the tough topics questioners face as we strive to live out our biblical mandate to love God, love people, and take the gospel to the whole world here in the 21st century. I hope you'll stick around because when you know Jesus is the answer, every question can be a good question. Hey friends, welcome back to season three, our apostolic music season. This week, as you can probably already hear, I am fighting a cold. So I won't make you listen to my croaky voice for too long here at the top of the show. I am excited to introduce you to my guest. Jason Smith is a fourth generation apostolic. He's part of the music leadership team at Bethel United Pentecostal Church on Long Island, New York. And you know, that is the church where Dave and I met and we love having Bethelites and former Bethelites on our show. I know you're gonna love this conversation. It is powerful. So let's get right to it. Here's my chat with Jason Smith. Jason Smith, welcome to Good Question. Thank you, Sister Jessica. It's, uh, I'm glad to be here. It's a pleasure. We're really excited to get to talk to you. Um, we're doing this whole season on apostolic music. And Dave and I agree, of all the places that we have been and all of the different styles of music and uh, different churches we've been a part of, you remain, for both of us, one of our favorite worship leaders to be in a service where you're leading worship. And so wow. it was really exciting for us. The When the idea came like, oh, we should, we should talk to Jason, I jumped on that when Dave suggested it because I thought this would be a really, really great conversation. And so I want you just to introduce yourself to our listeners. Tell us a little bit about who you are. All right. Well, um, where do I start? <laughs> <laughs> um, well, my name is Jason Smith. Have I am a fourth generation uh, Pentecostal apostolic, and um, I was born in uh, Jamaica, West Indies, mm. and uh, migrated to the United States when I was about four years old. I want to say about four years old, and um, you know, grew up in the church. Was born in the church pew, as they say, mm-hmm. and um, I uh, pretty much grew up after migrating to the United States um, on Long Island, New York, um, where I've spent most of my life. You know, went to high school here, graduated high school here, uh, went to college and and NYIT, and I studied uh, mathematics there. Um, that was secular college and then uh, Bible college. I uh, recently uh, graduated from Purpose Institute. Okay, cool. Yep, with a uh, advanced degree, I guess, or certificate is what they call it <laughs> uh, for pastoral studies. And I, uh, I have a wonderful, uh, beautiful wife, Betty. And um, I have two wonderful boys, Sam and Josiah. And um, yeah, that's um, most about me. <laughs> That's awesome. I didn't, um, of course, we haven't uh, been in the same place in quite, a, in quite a while or in contact in a while, but I didn't realize you had gone through Purpose Institute. That's really, really cool. Yeah. Something I'd like to do, too. I, I started off in secular college, and that's how I ended up in New York. It was a job, right. you know? And then, I remember. Uh, yeah. And then <laughs> um, 
I, my goal someday when I get these babies big enough to be a little more self-sufficient, I would love to get back into um, some higher ed in the Bible college arena because I just, I'm a big nerd and I like to study and um, it sounds like a yeah. lot of fun to me. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely, it's challenging, but it's definitely fulfilling. Yeah. I remember um, I took a couple classes through um, UGST uh, while Dave and I were dating and I remember just thinking, like, I gave all this time to this secular degree, and I'm thankful for it. It's been a huge blessing in our life as we've moved around the country. But I thought, you know, I, I would really love to give that same amount of time to study of the Word and uh, ministry and those things that really have my heart. So I'm, I'm with Absolutely. you with that. Absolutely. So we're talking about music. So talk to me about how you got started with music in the church. All right, well— Funny story. Um, tying to tying into my uh, background as well, I've always had a love for music. Um, you know, I grew up listening to you know the Andre Crouch and the, mm. the Reverend James Cleveland on on my father's record player, and you know, always liked to mimic music and um, you know mimic the singers and the parts and things of that nature. And and um, my family actually had a um, a singing group in our, our immediate family. My my father used to evangelize um, okay. back in the day, you know, back in uh, Jamaica and then also uh, some here in the in the United States. And we would travel, you know, as far as Canada, you know, uh, while he evangelized and preached, and we sang with him. And here I was, uh, little four year old, five year old Jason, <laughs> traveling with his family and uh, running up and and singing with them. And um, backtrack a little bit. I'm getting ahead of myself. My very, very first audition was on my big sister's shoe stand when I was about two years old. <laughs> she tells me the story uh, because I do not remember it. However, apparently uh, the first solo that I ever sang was A Ray of Hope Flickers in the Sky. <laughs> so unofficially <laughs> or officially, however you want to look at it, that is where I first became involved with music. How I first became involved with music in the church outside of, um, you know, singing with my family, you know, at the age of uh, circa four to five years old. When I really got involved as a young adult, or actually as a teenager, was um, in Bethel. I want to say I was about 14 years old, part of the youth group. Back then, the youth group was called Bethel High. Mm. He rose in God's help. Shout out to the lenders. <laughs> And of course, Pastor Harold Linda was our youth pastor at the time. And Sister Elisa, then Karecha, was our youth choir director. And I'll never forget, it was a Sunday morning and the choir was scheduled to sing. And uh, I might have I sat in about maybe two or three rehearsals with my uh, big sister. And I will never forget, right when we were called up and it was announced for us to uh, come up to uh, set up on the platform, uh, she walked past me and tapped me on the shoulder and she said, you're singing. <laughs> and I looked at her, I said, no, I'm not. And she said, oh, yes, you are. Get up there <laughs> right now. <laughs> and of course, as obedient as I was, I said, yes, ma'am. And lo and behold, that was the first time I sang on an apostolic platform, mm. you know, to minister with a with a choir. And I haven't I haven't gone down ever since. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, pretty much um, 
it was going a little back and forth in time, but yeah, that was the the beginning um, stages for me in uh, music ministry. So what does your, what does it look like for you now? So we haven't been in Bethel for almost 10 years. Um, and I know a lot of things have changed as people have grown up and taken over yes. different positions in the church and the way things, you know, the, the way life yes, goes. Yes. So what does that look like for you now? Are you leading worship every week? Are you alternating with people? Like what is, do you have a position in the music department or you are just, how does that work there for you now? Currently, I am the vocal, if you want to, if you want to name a title, which I don't even think we even have titles. Yeah. I didn't think that you did, but I wasn't sure. But yeah, yeah. But um, I am the vocal worship leader slash music leader, um, along with uh, Sister Geraldine Lucchese. We are both co-vocal leaders um, for um, Bethel Music Ministry. And then we also partner with um, Brother Dimitri Tate, who is the um, the music director and who is in charge of the uh, the musicians. But the three of us work together tightly, and um, you know we basically coordinate the uh, the music for uh, for Bethel as a whole at this time. That's so cool because you guys have been working together for a long time. Years. <laughs> <laughs> Years. And you know what? It, it's been um, a relationship, a ministry relationship, and just a relationship in general as a, as a family. You know, I consider them, you know, my, my little sister, my little bro, ever yeah. since they were young. I used to teach them um, in uh, Super Church back in the day. Yeah. And now look at us where we're, we're co-leaders in the music department. And, um, you know, we've been, I remember when I used to lead worship for the Bethel Youth Group. Yeah. And they they came up under me. And, um, you know, I remember when Dimitri first started playing. I remember when Geraldine first started singing. And, uh, yeah, that, man, it's going on about, I want to say, phew, almost 20 years. Yeah. That's a long almost time. Almost 20 years. Because, yeah, yeah. So, um, because they were, they were preteens. When they first started. Yeah, when I, whenever I moved to Bethel, so I moved to New York in 2007. I remember that Jerry and Reggie uh, hopped back into the kids that that Christmas to help with the kids' Christmas program. They had just moved out of kids into youth. Yes. And so I, I don't know why I remember that so clearly, but um, just thinking about wow, what what it means to be in a place that cultivates your talents and abilities. Absolutely. Like Bethel is a place that I have seen that done so well. I remember um, when I first started singing with the youth choir there and the songs that they were bringing us to do for like a youth concert and thinking like, I've been in adult choirs that can't sing this song. Exactly. Like that don't have the skill level needed for this this song. And the, the excellence that was just expected raised yep. the level for everybody. And now you've got people that are in positions to be able to lead. And that's, I think it's so, it's amazing and it's important. Absolutely. And Sister Jess, I'll tell you this, that level of excellence, that was a precedent that was set by our pastor. Yeah. And our pastor's wife, you know, Pastor Doug and Sister Vicky, you know, they led the music department in Bethel for how many decades? Yeah. Not only that, you know, they put out music, you know, the Doug Davis trio and all these other, all these songs that they they wrote. But even on a on a regular basis, on a weekly basis, every Sunday morning when we came together in rehearsal, 
we got it done and we got it done right. Every yeah. you know Friday evening, Saturday afternoon, we came together for rehearsal. We got it done and we got it done right. And that yeah. I I gleaned off of that um, that that preparation and that 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 dedication that that work that was yeah. put into it because. You know, I came from a culture, I'll be quite frank, I'm hopefully I'm not too reckless, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. I came from a culture where that portion of the service was put together pretty haphazardly on a regular basis. <clears throat> you know, there was some times where, where it was, you know, it was quite organized. And, and let me not let me not say too many shots, because I know of quite a few um, music ministers um, that I grew up um, admiring who did exude the same type of excellence. Um, the brashes are, are a couple that I can uh, think of, you know, that I, that I can remember that I, I still admire to this day. And I was drawn to that because it was, there was a difference from what I would, how I would see like a, a rehearsal go, or how mm -hmm. I see preparation go for music to, to how it was done, you know, at Bethel. Yeah. And that's not to, that's not to say anything derogatory against any other church or organization or, or anything like that. Um, but there was just an expectation, mm -hmm. you know, that was said. And I know, and, and what's pretty amazing is that it wasn't something that was only passed down to Bethel, but I know a lot of people that, you know, where I go, where I travel in different states and different regions, and when I mention that, you know, where I'm from, it's like oh the Davises. Yeah. I remember when they used to come and teach us music, and yeah. we we never we never ran things the same ever since. Yeah, you know. So yeah, it's it's pretty amazing, and it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal how that trickles down and how how it, it becomes so influential to all of us. Yeah, it just reminds me of how much influence we have now. You know, like, yeah, absolutely. For those that are coming up behind us, our own kids, but also people in the church that are watching how we do things. And the impact that you can make just by showing up and doing things with excellence. Like it's um it, it's a legacy that lives far beyond you when you can when you can cultivate that and make it a habit. That's right. I love that. Absolutely. So one of the things that we wanted to talk to you about and kind of the 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 way the idea sparked for us to invite you on the podcast, I've been following your wife on social media. I've never um, been able to meet her yet. I can't wait until I do because I can tell that I'm gonna love her. Hopefully everybody I love, does. I love me. everything she posts <laughs> online. Like sh this woman has some wisdom, I can tell. Yeah. And she recently oh, yeah. made a post about you. And she talked about how you prepare to lead worship and that you deal with some anxiety around leading mm -hmm. worship. Yeah, she put me out there. No, she did. She did. I was like, wow. <laughs> I will admit, I, I immediately, clicked, immediately clicked the comments to see, did Jason respond to this? <laughs> mm -hmm. And when I saw that you had, I was like, oh, okay, this is this is all good. Yeah, but no, no. this is something that I would not have guessed. Dave and I were talking about this after we read the, the post. This is something we would never have guessed about you based on the way that you give your absolute all when you lead worship, I have never seen mm -hmm. someone come in and I mean, you know, use a sports metaphor. Like you leave it all on the field when you lead Basically. worship every single Basically. time I've ever seen you do it. And so we are we have um, made it made it our mission here at the podcast to talk about things that don't get talked about. And one of those things is mental health struggles, anxiety, yes. depression, those kinds of things and how they can still plague us in certain ways, even when we're saved, even when we're walking with the Lord. 
I've dealt yeah. with it. I've talked about it on here before. It, it affects a lot of people. And so I thought this would be so good to talk about. Tell me a little bit about this. How does this present for you? What do you do to combat it? Um, mm-hmm. Just talk to me about, about how this works for you in your, in your daily life. Okay. Well, I mean, how does it present itself? Um, you, if you're asking specifically when it comes to ministry, mm-hmm. um, in a lot of different ways, <laughs> <laughs> I, I tend to overthink. Mm-hmm. I tend to overprepare. Right. So um, that's like a byproduct, if you will, mm. uh, from, you know, the anxiety that I do um, experience when it comes to this. A lot of times it's just the uh, it's a fear. I'll be completely transparent. It's a fear of failure. It's a fear of messing up, making a mistake, mm. um, misrepresentation. Mm. You know, I don't want to misrepresent my God. I don't want to misrepresent my pastor nor my church. Mm. And um, yeah, I attempt to not necessarily in the moment, but preceding certain times where I'd have to either whether it's leading worship on a, on, on a weekly basis or um, teaching a session on, you know, music ministry, worship leading, whatever it may um, present itself as or. Um, ministering in, 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 a, in a different church or at a different conference or things of that nature, the, the anxiety that I feel, the anxiety that I experience happens days and sometimes weeks before, mm. <laughs> you know, so, so that's how it presents itself, you know, with, you know, just thinking and thinking about it. And it's like, how am I going to do this? How, how is this going to run? How is this? And then, you know, I, I'm very... Um, I compartmentalize things where it's like, okay, this needs to be organized this way and then that way this can happen and then that can happen. Mm-hmm. So going into like the preparation, it drives me to prepare and sometimes, you know, over prepare. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know, I can, um, <laughs> it's been told when I, when I, uh, I run a, a, a team, let's say, um, whether it be for our district or a different district um, or a different church, you know, someone will uh, has ha- would have the tendency of coming out and saying, "Wow, you you really want to make sure that you're on top of us, don't you?" <laughs> <laughs> like with the songs, with you know, learning and with listening and you know things of that nature. And um, yeah, I I tend to. Uh, convey that to whoever I'm I'm working with um but I try not to be overbearing with it yeah um you know as far as me personally you know however the the preparation needs to be um performed you know I literally I will listen to a song until I I know it from back and forth you know I I'll I'll study the song I'll 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 look into the lyrics Mm-hmm. I'll even study the the scriptural aspects of it. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. like I get I get kind of I get kind of crazy with it sometimes. <laughs> you know, um, but it, it, it's the way that I that I handle. You know, um, not only am I going to have a good knowledge of of um, of what I'm doing, but I'm going to be prepared to execute the task as best as I possibly can. Have I experienced anxiety in unhealthy ways? Yes. Have I had panic attacks before? Absolutely. 
Hmm. Are they the worst? They're horrible. <laughs> um, yes. I've I've had I can remember and those presented itself more so recently, especially during the times where I was going through a difficult season in my life. Um, I am a divorcee, so um, that was a rough patch in my life where I had to, of course, uh, take a back seat and, um, you know, take a seat from um, ministry for for a few months. And um, when I had uh, made my way back and then worked my way back into, um, you know, the leading worship again and leading songs and things of that nature, I would experience even more anxiety because of the thought of, well, what would these th- people think of me? Mm. You know, who am I to do this? You know, yeah. th- is this even appropriate? Mm. You know, things of that nature. So there were times where I would have um, panic attacks. You want to talk about how it presents itself. You know, I talked before about, you know, like the preparation and how anxious I would get days before. But there were times where I would get, you know, an attack moments before going out mm. to open praise and worship. I would literally have to pray, like literally uh, pray in the spirit um, against the the temptation of literally running out. Mm. So, you know, that is the most severe experience that I've had with it. But um, the prayer aspect definitely helps. And even now, um, though I might not experience it as severely, you know, I still get the nerves. I get nervous every single time mm. I step up to the pulpit. Um, to minister, whether it's a song that I know by heart that I can sing up, down, back, forth, or if it's a brand new song, you know, I get, you know, the same type of nerves. Yeah. But um, that time of prayer, not only during the week in preparation, but right before, goes a long way. And um, yeah, I, I definitely lean on God because it's it's absolutely not by my might or my power, but it's by his spirit that I'm able to do this. Yeah. I think you know there's a there's a certain level of godly fear, right? That that respect and honor and a reverence for the place that you're in um that I think is healthy and and wise. And then it's but the the enemy likes to take that and twist it and pull us into this place of shame and questioning, you know, whether we belong where we are. Right. Right. And it yeah. can twist us up, man. It can really twist us up. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it's really interesting. I'm just thinking about all the different um the different things that people could take away from just hearing about this experience. One of them being if you are a person in a in a group where the leader feels like he's a little intense, pray for that leader because you don't know what battles that person is fighting. Exactly. And why they're pushing you as hard as they are. It's probably not personal. You know, it's probably so more about them than it is about you. And and then the importance of, you know, we were talking about being prepared and doing things with excellence. And there's a, there's an aspect of that that's technical. And uh-huh. there's an aspect of that that's spiritual. 100%. And you can't, 100%. You can't um, compensate for the spiritual piece with the technical piece. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, the spirit yeah, can absolutely. make up for some, for some lacking in the technique, but... Um, you're not going to make up for the spirit with technique. Yeah, God commands. I, I'm, I believe it's. Uh, I hope I get the scripture right. It's Psalms. Um, it's either chapter three, verse thirty-three, or chapter thirty-three, verse three. <laughs> <laughs> but but it's somewhere in there. Um, 
but it says play skillfully. Mm-hmm. The scripture commands us to play skillfully. You know, and if we look at it in a broad aspect, that can mean play an instrument skillfully, play a keyboard skillfully, but also use your vocal cords skillfully. Mm-hmm. You know, prepare skillfully. And there's a reason why that's commanded. You know, yes, the anointing is paramount. That's number one. You know, we need the anointing. But at the same time, God gave us a talent for a reason. Yeah. And with that talent, you know, we are expected to be a good steward of that talent, develop that talent so that we can skillfully present that talent before the Lord. And at the end of the day, he gets all the glory anyhow. Yeah, for sure. My, my wife just texted me and said, it's Psalm 33, verse 3. See, <laughs> she's listening in. Hey, Betty. Hi. Hi, Betty. <laughs> I love it. So I had to write the second time. That's amazing. Time. Well, I appreciate you sharing that. I really do think that it's going to um, encourage someone because, like I said, you know, a lot of times we don't realize what people are going through and what people are dealing with to get into the place where they are. And right. We feel like we're the only one. Um, we did a whole episode back in our first season that was about shame. And mm. it was, it's the most, it's the episode I get the most comments about, the most messages about. And our guest that that talked to me about it, she gets the most comments about it as well. God has really used that episode to change some people's lives. But that was one of the things that she talked about was that as a, as a young pastor's wife, she struggled with, if anyone knew this about me, then and then she would go through all of these you know worst case scenario consequences even even to the point of you know they're going to ask my husband to resign his church and leave the UPC and you know things that were completely outside the realm of reality but the enemy used that to keep her in wrapped up in shame for years and like you're saying it came out of her she said in and I'm not saying that you are this at all no but I'm but she said it came out of her in criticism and control and having to be on top of every little detail. Oh yeah. In order to prove that she was that she was worthy of being in the position she was in. And so it's it gets in your head. Right, right. And and it's it's so important because it could manifest itself in so many different ways, right? Mm-hmm. Um and uh, I think that's one of the many dangers, one of the many dangers with not addressing, you know, the the mental health um, aspect mm. that happens in ministry. I think the I think the stigma that anyone that's involved in ministry, especially pulpit ministry, has everything all together all the time. That mm. has to go away. Yeah, and I think it's I think it's almost irresponsible, if you will, if, if I if I can use that term. Hopefully, it's not too harsh, but that's the term that I think of initially. Is it's almost irresponsible for us as ministers to to convey that 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 um that idea yeah that everything in our life is always buttoned up and we never have any issues now albeit we need to handle ourselves with wisdom and we can't be putting our business out out there like that all <laughs> yeah. the time yeah you know i mean that that's just that would be foolish of us to do however um there's a there's an appreciation um that people have if you know, you don't put yourself on a higher pedestal than, than them. And if you say, I'm only here, you know, but by God's grace and mercy. Yeah. And, 
you know, and I'm on, and that that that's the way that I'm able to be used in this capacity. And God can use you in a similar capacity. Yeah, it might not be on a pulpit; it might be something totally different. But God can use you to the fullest of your potential, just as long as you are honest with Him about your shortcomings, your your weaknesses, your insecurities, your failures, yeah. everything, and the things that we struggle with. You know, I mean, yeah. you look at you look in the Bible, <laughs> all these Bible characters that that we that we read about Moses, David, Gideon, um, Elijah. My God, Elijah. Elijah was suicidal at some point. Yeah. They all had mental health issues. Only one that didn't have, you know, a, a mental health issue per se, well, was Jesus. Yeah. In his deity, but also in his, but then again, in his humanity, he was still in the garden of Gethsemane, sweating blood and begging God to take this yeah. cup from me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that, uh, it sounds like some anxiety to me. <laughs> so yeah. you know, even even Jesus in his in his in his human nature and his human aspect experienced yeah. anxiety. Yeah, severe anxiety. Yeah. So we need to be real with that. You know, mm -hmm. you look at Paul. Paul prayed about a, a thorn in his flesh. To this day, theologians don't know what he was praying about. Yeah. Could it be that it was uh, some sort of mental health issue? Could it be it was anxiety of some sort? We don't know. Yeah. Could it be? An, it it, it might have been a it might have been a physical ailment, but it, it might have been something deeper than that. We we just don't know. Yeah. So you know, it, it's it's important for us to recognize these things and take it to the the foot of the cross. Yeah. Take it to the throne room, and um, and when we do so, and then when we're transparent enough, not over transparent, but transparent enough to to allow ourselves um, to communicate with others and say, hey, look, I'm not perfect, I make mistakes, and I have issues as well, then I think we can be more of a help and more of a, of a minister, which definition itself is servant. We right. can serve people better. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. I think, And I think the word irresponsible is not too strong. I think that that's exactly right because it feels like in the past few years, especially, there's just been this epidemic of despair that sadly has won in too many cases um, of people who everyone looks around and is like, wait, what happened? How how did they get right. to that point? How how come nobody knew? How come uh, we couldn't have, couldn't we have done something, you know? After we, it's too we, late. We don't need to lose any more pastors or pastors', pastors wives. wives no, no. We, we we can't that can't happen anymore. No, we we gotta we gotta pray against that, we gotta move against that. Yeah, yes. And if if those in ministry can't be open and honest about those things, how are the people in your pews gonna be able to do that? And, That's right. And on the flip side, if you come out and you are honest about things and and transparent in a way, like you said, that's wise and not just, you know, sharing your business on Facebook. Um, exactly. You know, exactly. You, we can we can help we can help people. And and that's that is the burden of my heart is to let people know that they are not alone. Literally, whatever you are thinking, whatever you are struggling with and the, the enemy has told you you're the only one and no one else has ever felt this way and no one else has these horrible thoughts and no one else struggles like you do. It's a lie. Right. It's a lie. And That's right. 
And we can't defeat those things until we get them out of the darkness. They grow and fester in the dark. We have to get them out and talk about them. Yeah, you're going to get me preaching, Jason. This gets me fired up. Listen, you better. It gets me fired up. I feel the weightiness. Yeah. (laughs) That's that's real. That is real. It's powerful. We got got to do it. All right. Do we have anything else about that topic that you feel like you need to, that would like to share? Um... I mean, I think we, I think we hit it on the head. To be honest, we, you know, we just, we just have to be honest with ourselves. You know, I think the the most harmful thing is 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 self self denial, yeah, and not having self honesty, yeah, and not not looking in the mirror and saying, okay, this is your issue, being vulnerable and accountable to a man or a woman of God, you know, that that will help you, pray with you, set you straight when you need to be set straight, yeah. And also, I can't say this enough, and this is this has been a stigma in the church for a long time. Seeking counsel is not a sin. Yeah. Let me let me specify that. Seeking counsel outside of clergy mm. is not necessarily a sin. Yeah. Seeking professional counsel. Yeah. You know, seeing a talking to a counselor, talking to a, a certified. Um, psychiatrist or a doctor or you know someone that is is um, has credentials to deal with you know certain issues that we go through mentally. There's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, I've done it. My wife does it. Yeah, and we have our sons. We have both of our sons that talk to a, a counselor on a regular basis. Well, I, I agree with that 100. percent I also have taken advantage of of. Of that, and the and the the good news is that more and more every day we have qualified, credentialed people of apostolic faith who are able to provide counsel from a professional and an educated background, and that also understand the working of the Spirit. They're not as many of them as I wish there were, but there are more and more every day, and we've and that's a blessing, yeah. Yeah, we'll we'll provide resources for that. Um, Along with this podcast, in our show notes, um, we have some past episodes that touch on that. There are some other great apostolic podcasts that I've heard recently that that talk about this. The Kingdom Speak podcast recently did an episode talking about theology versus psychology and how they work together. That was one of the right. most amazing things I've heard in a very long time. So we'll link all of that stuff for people to go check out too, because you're right, the stigma around that has to end in order for people to to grow. I mean, the Bible talks about counsel. The Bible talks about having a multitude of counselors. Yeah. You can't just yeah. have your pastor. Your pastor can't take all of that uh, for every person in his congregation. It's too much for That's one person. Right. It weighs too much on him. Yeah. 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 It's a good, it's a good stuff. This is really good stuff. I know it's going to minister to somebody as they listen to this. Amen. Amen. So coming back around to music, we've been, we've been talking to a bunch of people, um, we got to interview Gideon Asefa, um, also came up through Bethel, and he's been in part of oh, all wow. of these amazing apostolic recordings, um, oh. all of these great projects that have been coming out that are so exciting. What a talent. What a talent. It is, yes. He's, he's amazing. He is amazing. And everybody knows Gideon, man. Everybody. He Dave and I it. said we were going to play on Instagram. We were going to play um, Six Degrees of Gideon Asefa. Because oh, I think yeah. everybody knows Gideon. Um, but I want to know, what does your future of music look like, Jason? When do we get a Jason Smith album? 
Oh man, you know, <laughs> I've been lacking. I've been lacking. The only one that's been on me about this. Um, yeah. Um, what does my future look like? I don't know, man. I, I gotta, I gotta learn how to write. Ah. I gotta, I gotta write. I, I, I struggle with that. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I, um, but um, you know, God's dealing with me, and uh, I, have, I have prayed about it. I have prayed about it, and um, you know. We'll see. I mean, I played around with some things. I, I I did I did a couple of demos here and there. You know, mostly covers and things of that nature. But you know, just to get my get myself um, acclimated to a studio type um, environment and to you know get my voice acclimated to that type of recording rather yeah. than live because you know it's it's totally different. Yeah, a hundred percent different. Um, vocally preparing yourself and um, executing in a in a recording um, studio compared to being on a, on a church pulpit yeah. or any type of um, stage, if you will. So, um, but, you know, I'm hoping and I'm praying that the that, day that will come soon that, you know, I just put out, put out something. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> something will come out. But yeah. I, I really, I'm really asking the Lord to, to help me in, you know, in the aspect of, of songwriting. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I've never written any kind of music in my life. And that just, it seems like, uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it seems like alien technology or something. Like, how do you do that? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The, the, the times that I have uh, uh, attempted it, I'll start writing something and then halfway down, I realize, wait, no, that's Fred Hammond. I can't, <laughs> no, that's that's not my song. <laughs> I've heard this before. That's oh, yeah. awesome. <laughs> so... <laughs> So yeah, I just need some work with that, but yeah. I'm I'm hoping in the future that um, you know the the Lord can use me in that aspect. But uh, in the meantime, I I do have a passion. I just love working with other teams, working with you know teaching young people, you know about the uh, the ins and outs of you know praise and worship, music ministry, you know things of that nature, mm -hmm. you know in a in a general sense. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not musically trained and mm. don't have a musical degree at all. I was basically brought up in the school of hard knocks of Davis. <laughs> so, you know, I take those principles and I, and I just, uh, transfer that and I, and I communicate that with others. And I found that to be extremely helpful yeah. for them. And it's a blessing to see that. And I take no credit for it. It's, you know, God first. And then what I've learned, you know, from when I was a teenager up until now um, from my leaders. Yeah. So, you know, that's something that I I see in my future, just, you know, spreading that knowledge and and that passion, really. Yeah. Um, because there's, there's so much that education will take in that and I do not um done a great you know as education at all I, I i'm a proponent of that you you better you know learn and um seek more knowledge in that field and in that craft absolutely but there's only a certain length that that can take you yeah you know you're gonna need the anointing and you're gonna need the passion yeah if you're not in love with the god who you are playing to or singing to and if you don't have a passion to draw other people to that God through music, then pack it all away. You're not going to really last long. Mm, that's good. That's good. It's good. 
So if people are interested in um, having you come and, and work with their groups, is there is there a way that they can get a hold of you to, to set that up? Hit me up on my Instagram. <laughs> uh, hit me up on, on, on my Facebook. I get messages <laughs> on, a, on, a, on a regular basis. Um, but yeah, no, they can they can reach me on my Instagram. What am I, Desmond uh, with a Z, 2008. All right. Um, that my boy Josiah was born. And, ah. um, and uh, you know, Desmond is my middle name. So. Okay, there we go. Well, we'll link that for sure, too, for people to be able to reach out to you because I know that if they were to have you come and work with their with their music teams, that they would they would be blessed by that. My message is always, if I'm available, I'll, I'll come through. Yeah, <laughs> yes, for sure. Well, we always wrap up with the same question. We are called Good Question. And so we like to ask all of our guests, what is a good question that you're asking yourself lately? Oh, you know, I saw that and I thought about that. (laughs) I think the question that I have for myself is what's next for me beyond music? Mm. You know, is this all that there is for me? Mm. Like, what's next? That's a deep question that I ask myself. You know, God, where, where do you want me to go, you know, in my ministry? Like, I also serve on our on our still still on our um youth group team mm. on our leadership team for the the Bethel youth group and I'm 41 years old right? <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm I think I'm I'm past the the age limit to be honest with you <laughs> so it's like what what's next for me yeah you know where 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 am I going from here and um at my age it's kind of sad to say I don't have the complete answers for that yet and I struggle with it a little bit because a lot of my peers that are my age and in in the in um our organization are in our pastors, they're evangelists, they're yeah. you know, they're they're teachers. And if they're praise and worship leaders, they're they're putting out music, they're writing songs, you know. But um but yeah, it's a question that I that I use to challenge myself and I'm praying about it and I'm trusting God and, and I'm uh, depending on him to to be my drive. Yeah. And I'm expecting great things, and I'm working on on not uh, uh, selling myself short. Mm, so yeah. I'm excited about the future. So the what next to me, I'm slowly allowing that to not cause me more anxiety, <laughs> but to, to, to get me excited and passionate about what's to come. Yeah. Well, I can tell you this. I don't know what he has next for you, but I know that he has something because I know that he's not done with us when we turn 40. Thank God. We're creeping, That's up, right. behind, we're creeping up behind you. And whatever it is, if you're walking with him, it's going to be great. And whatever it is, you're going to give it your all because that's who you are. And so it's going to be, it's going to be amazing. So I I'm, that. I'm excited about, about seeing what it is. And I, I'm really, I really appreciate you coming on to talk to us tonight. It's, this has been really, really good and a good reminder for me. And I think it's going to be a great uh, blessing to our listeners. Thank you, Betty, for um, your your post online that, that prompted all of this. And I can't wait to see you guys in person someday soon. It's been great to talk to you. Yes, we look forward to it. Sister Jessica, thank you so much for having me. It truly was uh, an honor and a privilege and a blessing. I thoroughly enjoyed it. You guys, not much gets me fired up like talking about the need for vulnerability around our mental health struggles in the church. 
I am so thankful for Jason's openness and transparency to talk to us about this today. And I'm grateful for his wife, Betty, for her support and her post that got us this conversation. We might think that the things we share aren't seen or heard by anyone or that no one cares. But when we are vulnerable, we normalize sharing our struggles for others who are coming behind us and that could literally save someone's life. So use wisdom, but don't hide in your pain or your shame. Let's link arms with our brothers and sisters and walk out of our personal darkness into victory. We will have links in the show notes for you to connect with Jason and for the other podcast episodes we mentioned in this conversation, past episodes of this show with Val Hughes and James King, the recent Kingdom Speak podcast with Adam and Carissa King. It's a great resource if you aren't quite sure you believe, Jason and me, that getting professional counseling is not a sin. I know that it will be an encouragement to you. If this episode blessed you or encouraged you today, I hope you share it with a friend. If you share it on social media, please tag us. We love to see that our episodes are impacting you. We are on Instagram at Good Question Show. I'm at Jessica Tanderup. That's Jessica T, as in Tuesday, A-N-D-E-R-U-P. You can also find us on Facebook. Our email address is goodquestionshow at gmail.com. This podcast is a production of Good Question Media. It's produced and hosted by me, Jessica Tanderup, my co-producer, editor, and the man who asked me out for coffee for the first time in the lobby of Bethel UPC is my husband, Dave Tanderup. Our audio engineer is Josh Powalczyk. That's it for this week, y'all. We'll be back here next Tuesday with another good question. See y'all then.